Chapter Nineteen of the Submarine Boys for the Flag. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. The Submarine Boys for the Flag by Victor G. Durham. Chapter Nineteen Jack's Caller at the United Service Club. Ho oh, ho ha ha woof found himself started again the very instant the boys found themselves in the lower corridor of the building. Let him alone, uttered Jack scornfully. The poor fellow had better work it all out of his system. But Hal, your face when the policeman took you. On Millard's complaint sputtered Summers, next going off into another burst of laughter. It didn't seem funny at the time, returned Hal Hastings quietly. Ho oh, Oh, ha. of course not. Say, Hal, can you do me a tremendous favor? Can you look just for a moment the way you did when that blue coat pinched you? Hal began to laugh, despite the fact that his loss of Millard still rankled under his quiet outside. Now hush up, warned Benson suddenly. Here comes Lieutenant Owen, who has undertaken to present us to the United Service Club. Idiots are barred from the club, you know, F. By a great exercise of willpower, F managed to straighten his face by the time that the lieutenant overtook them. They entered a cab. By this time, the young naval officers were beginning to understand that it is the usual custom to go about Washington in a carriage. Have you ever been at a service club before? inquired their guide. We breakfasted at the club at Norfolk this morning, Jack answered. Your acquaintance with our service clubs is not very large, then? We've also been at the club at Fort Craven. Oh, smiled Lieutenant Ulwin, I guess you gentlemen have been about a little more in the two branches of the service than I had suspected. You've seen the officers of both the Army and the Navy at play. Mostly at play, I should say, laughed Benson. The club is the only place where we can go and get away from shop talk, continued Owen. As a rule, the Army and Navy men at our club do not talk much shop. It may be different today, however. Why today, asked Jack? Because, well, you see, I'm introducing three rather famous strangers today. Meaning? began Hal quietly. You young gentlemen, of course. The whole nation has heard much about the submarine boys. Yet it is in the Army and the Navy, after all, that the deepest, most abiding interest in you exists. This red spot on my cheek isn't a blush, explained Ensign F. suddenly. It's where a mosquito bit me. I'm not joking, replied Ulwin, with a friendly smile. All the officers of the Navy know about you by this time. They'll be greatly disappointed when they see us then, won't they? laughed Hal Hastings. Now, see here, protested F. earnestly, I can stand a good deal. But if they see us walking around the club and ask who left the lid off the can of shrimps, I'll fight. Ulwin laughed heartily. I shall have to pass the word to our worst jokers, he smiled, that it won't be safe for the fellow who starts in to tease you young men. Why, if anyone does start, we've got to keep our tongues behind our teeth, returned Hal. We're only boys, kids, 
and we can't say anything smart to men who've been a good many years in the service you can answer back if anyone starts to have fun with you replied lieutenant Ulwin. remember a club is where all men stand on an equal footing if an admiral gets after you you will do well to swallow any witticism he may try on you but with any officer below an admiral you don't have to be so careful f summers immediately began to look thoughtful now f did know how to say caustic things when occasion seemed to demand here we are announced lieutenant holwin suddenly as the cab stopped before the club building hal went in at ulwin's side jack gripped f by the elbow pulling the auburn-haired one back a few paces now see here f remember that we don't want any funny answers inside but ulwin says you listen to what i'm saying f i've known you longer than mr ulwin has just remember that we're boys b o y s boys not one of us is quite eighteen yet if we've gained a little fame for five minutes we mustn't begin to imagine that we're eight feet high and on a par with men forty years old so be careful f if anyone starts to have fun with you come back at him in a different way how whispered f look stupid what look stupid i don't see much in that why it's the funniest answer possible and besides it isn't fresh or forward how do you make that out f inquired why f boy if you're half as famous as you may think you are then folks will know you can't be stupid so if you pretend to be you'll have everyone guessing what you mean by looking that way on the other hand if you look stupid and no one is surprised then you'll discover that that's just the way the crowd had you sized up in advance i see nodded f but it was plain that jack's almost direct command was not wholly pleasing to summers the two comrades now caught up with Owen and hal at the elevator we'll go up to the reading room first proposed lieutenant Owen. that's where the afternoon crowd is usually found any one who had been looking for color or pomp would have been disappointed the only uniforms in sight were those worn by two bellboys the officers of the army and navy present were all in civilian dress they looked like a lot of cheerful prosperous businessmen hello ulwin what are you doing with my friends from dunhaven eagerly called one young man rising hastily and coming forward benson i'm glad to see you and you hastings and you summers didn't know you knew the young gentleman mccrae broke in ulwin don't know them when they made me the laughing stock of every mess room crowd in the navy for months retorted mccrae jack hal and f were shaking hands with the speaker with a good deal of pleasure it was lieutenant mccrae one-time watch officer on the battleship luzon at one time mccrae had doubted that submarine boats were in all respects as wonderful craft as were claimed the submarine boys had paid him back in most laughable fashion lieutenant mccrae 
at one time had felt himself more aggrieved over the wholesome teasing of his brother officers in consequence but he had long since learned to accept the whole incident as a good and deserved joke now mccrae stood wringing the hands of the boys as though he had found long-lost friends what are you doing these days mccrae wanted to know anything besides testing new boats at dunhaven you must greet them as comrades mccrae continued lieutenant Ulwin. What? cadets at annapolis in this case mccrae wondered at their being there for cadets would be considered forward who visited an officers club benson is a lieutenant his friends ensigns replied Olwen. come come laughed mccrae i'm easy these boys know that but don't tell me fact though replied Olwen. they hold special appointments for some special duty or other i'm here at the direction of the navy department to introduce these young brother officers of ours and to procure ten-day cards for them by this time the news had spread a score of officers young or middle-aged were crowding about Ulwin had his hands full introducing the submarine boys yet they stood the ordeal well the habit of command based on discipline had given these boys plenty of poise and self-possession nor were any attempts made at that time to have any good-humoured fun with them half a dozen officers representing foreign navies were present these two came in for introductions the foreigners were mainly military or naval officers attached to foreign embassies at washington by jove benson i've had it in mind for some time that i wanted to meet you and grasp your hand murmured lieutenant abercrombie of the british navy as he drew lieutenant jack to one side by jove old fellow i want to meet you soon i want to meet you soon and have a good old talk all by ourselves this will be most agreeable to me nodded jack pleasantly and your comrades too added abercrombie you know you're already known on the other side fact i assure you only the other day i picked up a london magazine and read quite an account of the doings of you three i was especially interested in an account of how you three discovered a way of leaving a submarine at the bottom and swimming to the surface then diving and re-entering the craft while she's still on the bottom but your method is a secret i suppose yes smiled jack at least the american navy alone shares the secret with us oh i'm not asking it you know old fellow lieutenant abercrombie assured him is mr benson here called a bellboy from the doorway very much so replied lieutenant holwyn dryly may i give you a message sir asked the bellboy coming closer after excusing himself benson stepped aside with the boy yet the latter spoke loudly enough for several to overhear there's a lady downstairs at the door would like to see you sir she says it is very very important sir did she give any name inquired astonished jack she begged that you would overlook that sir and just step down to the door for a few moments 
all right i'll go nodded benson but it looks queer excusing himself to his host ulwin and to some of the officers with whom he had been chatting the leader of the submarine boys went quickly to the coat room for his hat then descended in the elevator very strange place this for a lady to follow a gentleman to this club drawled a french captain one or two of the others laughed imagining that this was some flirtation in which the submarine boy had been engaged but f flared up a bit looking very red as he muttered it's only fair to tell you gentlemen that we submarine boys don't appreciate jokes at the expense of the finest fellow who ever lived mr jack benson good boy murmured teal yet when an hour had slipped by and benson had not returned even his loyal comrades began to wonder a good deal from that frame of mind they passed on at the end of another hour to worry End of chapter 19 Recording by John Brandon